This is Father Aaron with another podcast. This weekend, I take a look at the role of grace in assisting us to overcome sin and to keep us on the road of virtue, and why it's important we are living a Christian life because of our own desire to be holy, and not because of anyone else who may be forcing it upon us. People ask me sometimes if there's something about priesthood I didn't expect. Of course, I can name a number of things I'm doing in my parish and school right now that I didn't necessarily prepare for in a seminary classroom, but I don't think that's what they're looking for. Most people want to know if there's some experience of priesthood that disheartens me. Now let me say from the start that I do not regret my discernment or my vocation by any means. But is there something about priesthood that disheartens me? Yes. What disheartens me in priestly ministry is a crisis which more and more I seem to uncover, and not only in my parish, but in the church today, that while there are so many people who week by week will appear in our churches, who line up for confession, who live a generally decent and Christian lifestyle, there are but a few who truly believe it all, who buy the whole Catholic ticket. We saw that in the recent Pew survey on the belief in the real presence Only a third of weekly mass-goers accept the dogmatic teaching on the real presence of the Holy Eucharist. And that in itself is not surprising to me. In some ways, I already knew that. And you probably did too. What surprises me, what never fails to astonish me in my ministry, is coming across people who really don't buy the whole picture, but who still want to be Catholic, who want to live like they're Catholic, without believing any of it. And by this, I don't mean those who are generally struggling in their faith, but who have doubts. Those people don't really bother me. It's the people who grew up Catholic, who were taught about the sacraments, who receive Holy Communion regularly, who are always at Mass, who know their prayers, and yet who really still don't believe it, who don't have real faith. It's not that I'm really aggravated with them. Our society today doesn't necessarily provide for an easy path to faith. It's more that I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, in the end, why you would want to come here every week and sing these hymns, pray these prayers, do all the Catholic things, when you don't really believe it. Perhaps it's because these things just become habit. 
just feels right to be on church, be in church on Sunday, or to say the blessing before meals. There's a charm there that reminds us of home, when things were simpler for us. Or, perhaps it's grace. The image of God that St. Luke has been providing for us these past several weeks in his parable really comes down to this one point, that God is patient with us, so patient with each day and each failing of ours, always calling us back to himself. The parable we have today is really about us, how we should be persistent in our prayers, almost to the point of annoying God, as if that were possible. But let's turn the parable on its head. Isn't it that God is persistent with us, nagging and prodding us, getting up in all our business like a good Cajun grandmother and guilting us to go to Mass on Sunday? We've been doing battle against God all along, each day going back to our habits of sin as if sinful habits meant nothing to us, every day driving the nail further into the hands of Christ without noticing his pain, ignoring every wince he makes. And yet there he stands, like Moses, hands raised high in the sky, never tiring of the effort it takes to win us back to himself, yet never removing from us our freedom. He doesn't want us to choose him out of force, but out of love. And love requires freedom. We all know that. We can't force another to love us, and nor does God wish to force us to love him. So he dotes on us. He sends us those happy moments when we don't really deserve them. We never really do, after all. That's why we call it grace. Grace is a free gift. We never deserve it. But through it, he draws us to himself. I say draw us, not bring us or takes us. Grace is the hook on the end of the line. But we have to bite down. He will pull us in, but we can ignore the bait. And so, like the persistence of God, we must learn to be persistent in love of God. The great spiritual masters would call this virtue, that is, good habits of Christian living. And like all habits, virtue only strengthens as we practice it. The more we do it, the more difficult it is to stop doing it. So the moment we wish to have real faith, the more easy it is to grow in real faith. The father of the sick child in St. Mark's Gospel cries out, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. The only recipe for real faith is desiring it, and the rest is grace. In the same way that the only recipe for overcoming our sinful habits is desiring it, and the rest is grace. Consider a later parable in St. Luke's Gospel, one we won't hear in the lectionary cycle. Our Lord tells of a landowner who goes on a long journey. When harvest time comes, he sends messengers to tell the vine workers to collect the harvest, but they beat one, wound another, and stone a third. Then the landowner, in his mercy, sends his own son, but they throw him out and kill him. Now, think about our sinful habits. We start small venial sins. One small act, then we allow a second until the third is not noticed by us. The grace does not lessen as the weeks go by, but the habit becomes more and more impressed upon our character by each succeeding failure. The first messenger is beaten, the second wounded, the third killed. Then at last comes the crucial temptation, mortal sin, and with it comes grace, a stronger impulse and an impulse we know which gives us strength enough to resist. But the habit is there, and how often it conquers us. And when the moment of our final hour, our last temptation, comes, will we have strength enough to resist doubting God? 
Will in that moment the nursery rhymes of Sunday school be enough for us? Will our grandmother's nagging be enough to secure our soul? What is to be said when all that is left for us is ourselves? Will we rely on ourselves? Can we? Or shall we seek the refuge of God? Jesus says, Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth?
Thanks for listening in today. If you like what you hear, please go on iTunes and leave a good rating. Also, tell your friends and family about it, and visit the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations website to find more great content, jacksonpriest.com. That's jacksonpriest, with an S, dot com. God bless.